Car Tremblay from Les Cowboys Fregants has died. Record number of asylum claims processed in September. Loblaws made higher profits in the last quarter. Military member found with trafficked weapons cachet and workers in India are still trapped in a tunnel four days after a landslide. Good morning. It's Thursday, November 16th, the day that Canada hung Louis Riel. I'm Nora. Here are your headlines. First, we start with sad news from Quebec. Car Tremblay has died. The 47-year-old was the lead singer of the province's most iconic band, Les Cowboys Fregantes. In 2022, Carl announced that he had cancer and shows had been increasingly cancelled in the past six months. His last show was in Saint-Tit at the end of the summer. In July, some 90,000 people saw the band play in a show that was added to the end of the Quebec City Summer Festival. It had been rained out several days earlier, so it was the only show that people could go to, and it was massive. I missed it. I didn't have a festival pass, so I decided to go and play soccer, though I probably should have tried harder to get a pass because at my soccer game, the other team was a no-show because of the Gabo Fringant. If you don't know this band, well, you'll never understand Quebec. Their lyrics are Quebecois through and through, and the band often sang about social justice, inequality, and the environment. Flags will be flown at half-mast across the province, which is fitting, as one of their hits is a song called Amber, which means half-mast. Next to news from Olivier Fauché at the Journal de Québec. While the federal government has closed Roxham Road to irregular border crossers, asylum requests have exploded at the Montreal airport. There has been a record number of asylum claims made in Canada since at least 2017, the year that Roxham Road started becoming a popular location for people to claim asylum. Stephen Reichold told the Journal that the government of Quebec has stuck its head in the sand, pretending that closing Roxham Road would fix everything. That was their only solution to the lack of services and ability for the state to support an increased number of asylum seekers was to simply close Roxham Road. And yet, in September alone, 3,420 asylum claims were made at airports. The federal government reports claims out like that, made at airports, seaports, and land. Most people are arriving in Canada with visas and then claiming asylum when they land. The most popular locations that people are coming from are Mexico, India, Kenya, Ethiopia, the Democratic Republic of Congo, Nigeria, and Uganda. It isn't just Quebec that had had a record-breaking month. It's all of Canada. In just one month, there were 15,340 asylum claims. Reichhold said that at least at Roxham Road, things were organized so that people can make a claim relatively easily and access the services they need. But in closing the road, they've lost that control with the increase of people arriving by air. Next, to more profit news, this time from Rosa Saba at the Canadian Press. Now, this story starts off a bit funny. Rather than starting the news about the revenues, which is the headline and what the story is all about, it starts with news that Loblaws is, quote, continuing to expand its footprint of discount stores as consumers trade down after a run of high food inflation, unquote. Mm, There's no mention of that previous story that we heard last week about, you know, food inflation actually just being mostly profits and profit gouging 
Anyway, then we're told that the third quarter profit rose in relation to last year because of Loblaw's discount stores. Not sure what counts as a Loblaw discount store? Well, that is Maxi and No Frills, both stores who saw, quote, double-digit growth again, unquote. Now, the way that this is being spun should be very obvious to you. It's still profit, but somehow Loblaw sounds like it's the good guy here, offering discounted food to people and therefore, of course, making more money because there's more demand for cheaper food. Except profits are profits. Making this kind of profit on a discount store should make us all ask, wait, how much is everything marked up at the regular stores? How much cheaper are the discount stores on average? Anyone think we'll get these answers? Okay, finally, to the profits. They made $621 million in profit alone in quarter three. That is up from $556 million last year. Saba dropped some language into the article that I can only assume is lifted right from the company's speaking notes. Quote, the increase came as food retail same stores sales rose 4.5% and drug retail same store sales gained 4.6% helped by front store same-store sales growth of 1.8% and pharmacy same-store sales growth of 7.4%, unquote. That, by the way, is not quoted from Loblaws. That's just how it's written in the article. I don't know what same-store sales means, but maybe you do. Um, maybe you can, I don't know. Let me know. Explain that to me. <laughs> now, what I find fascinating about this news is that it echoes something that was in the news a few weeks ago that I just mentioned, the profit story. Remember how retailers were using inflation as an excuse to make more profit off of us? In that report, the journalist talked to someone from England who said the stores were looking to keep profits high, but maybe not increase prices by luring people with discounts. I think that it's a fascinating thing to see that it's the discount brands driving Loblaw's profits, which means, by definition, their profits are literally being extracted from their poorest customers. It's important to ask ourselves, why do we never see that as the frame? Why is it never about the people who are being gouged? Remember yesterday's news that food bank usage doubled in Toronto in the past year? That probably should warrant a mention in a story about how Loblaws is seeing record-level profits. Next, Canada Border Services has seized a large cache of weapons in Kingston and Petawawa. Now, if you just thought to yourself, wait, Petawawa? That seems weird. You're right. William Elderington with CTV News Ottawa reports that Major Kendrick Barling of the Air Force has been arrested. He has been posted in the United States for five years. And when he came back, among his personal things that he shipped were, quote, numerous undeclared firearms, unquote. Here is a list of what they found. Seven handguns, 10 rifles, including assault rifles, two shotguns, approximately 45,000 rounds of ammunition of varying calibers, and hundreds of magazines that included AR-15 overcapacity magazines. Some of the guns had duplicate serial numbers, suggesting that they've been trafficked. There is then some kind of language about how great it is that the cops keep communities safe by finding this kind of thing. But hold on, an active serving member of the military is trafficking guns? I don't know if we should be celebrating how amazing law enforcement is for finding guns from someone who's in the military. Seems kind of bad. And finally, to India, where a landslide caused a tunnel to collapse while 40 workers were working inside of it. The tunnel is 2.7 miles long. 
So I don't know, what's that in kilometers? Five kilometers more? And the collapse happened about 500 feet from the entrance, reports the Associated Press. It happened in Uttarakhand State in northern India on Sunday. The road is being built to connect several pilgrimage sites along the Chardam Road in an area of India that is quite mountainous. The rescue efforts keep being stymied by problems caused by the terrain, falling debris and technical glitches that have not allowed rescue workers to reach the trapped workers. And some of the workers are getting sick. They're complaining of aches and chills. Officials have said that they've sent medicines in through small channels to the workers. Most of the construction workers are migrant workers. They are able to access food and water like they can access medicine as it's sent through narrow channels in the debris. Things like, quote, essential eatables like chickpeas and almonds, unquote, are what's being sent, says Abhishek Ruhela, a local magistrate. Indian officials have been working with Thai experts who were able to free that junior association football team who were stuck in a cave back in 2018. They're also trying to get help from the Norwegian Geotechnical Institute. The rescue mission includes some 200 workers. Those are your headlines for Thursday, November 16th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandynora.com on the Real News Network podcast feed, wherever you get your podcasts. Remember, we're coming to Winnipeg. Don't forget to get your tickets. Tickets are on sale at thepointofsale.com. And I'll talk to you tomorrow morning.